0: You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hey friends, Dan Duvall here to let you know that we're going to be out of the country for a while. Uh, if you haven't been following the Bride Ministries Church and you're not on that email list, we're going to be in South Africa, followed by Australia for a while uh, to the midpoint of March, to be exact. So uh, this podcast going out, this will be my last week in the States. Now, what I plan to do while we are gone, if I am able and have access, I will try to post some of the preaching and teaching events or parts of them that um they allow me to to this podcast so that you guys have uh an inside view as to you know what the lord is doing while we're out there what's what's going forth and 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 and, and all of that jazz so um if we can we will if we can't uh, we do have a, another podcast at least one that is going to release while we're gone. And we'll be continuing to uh, put the podcast out once we return. And so I do have a potential plan. But if we go a few weeks without uh, moi, uh, please don't be discouraged. Now, with that said, we have an amazing guest today. And remember, DanDevall.com is the home of this podcast. And you can also check out our offering for those on a healing journey that want the educational aspect to go along with it. And even um the potential for heavily discounted coaching. uh overcomeraccelerated.com that's your place to go. It's a very robust offering there. And and for those that have been journeying with us at Bride Ministries I I do want to from this podcast uh, encourage you to continue to support Bride Ministries even in my absence because so many cool things are going on at Bride Ministries. In fact, we are uh, in a building project right now as we are establishing ourselves on the land. We have eight and a half acres here in Katy, Texas that the church is running, and uh, that's where we run the church out of, and we are building. We are building and we are growing. And so, with that said, we're very excited. You can always check out the ministry of movement.com. We're going to get right to this podcast. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Those were your announcements. Well, friends, here we are on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall and back by popular demand, an unfamiliar face, but a familiar voice. And for those of you that are with us on YouTube, you are uh, looking at Jerusha, who has been with me now twice already the fifth generation super soldier here to explain to us a lot of things that have been breaking our brains. And I'm very grateful to have her back, and you've asked for it, because so many of you have been so fascinated by her testimony. I do want to say, before we get started, yes, Jerusha does have some books. They are a collection of her journals that she published as PDFs to Amazon. And so, if you go to Amazon.com, that's where you can find those PDFs and Uh, gets more of her story than she'd ever be able to share in a podcast. With that said, Jerusha, welcome back to Discovering Truth.
1: It's an honor, Dan. Thank you for having me again. And I apologize for my lighting. This is the only space I could find at the moment. So just bear with me and have grace with me.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, we are happy to have you back, Jerusha. And, you know, um, this is the first time you're showing your face. What what changed?
1: Um, quite a bit. It's been quite an intense 2023. So um, we've just broken through a lot of um, some strongholds and some things that have allowed me at this time to finally do that. Um, publicly, I'd like to announce that there's a new technology out there called Mindbreaker. And it's a militarized weapon. But uh, I want to declare that it has already been overcome and that the saints have already overcome it and that no weapon formed against us will prosper. First and foremost, I'd like to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, look um, so far, Jerusha, we've had two incredible conversations. Uh, first, you, you, you opened us up on the subject of quantum access programs, and then we followed that up with a conversation on time travel, the Time Bureau, related subjects, and and that all kind of builds into a third mega concept, which is what you would call Satan's space program. Many of us call it the secret space program. I uh, want to let you unpack this for us today, and I think we'll just begin with this, what, in your understanding, was your introduction to the space program? Uh, at what point in your development or programming childhood did that part of it start? And um, how did it how did it develop?
1: Uh, I think we clarified a little bit of it with your help earlier. Uh, A big access point for me was through the Azurite Mormon UFO space cult and their cosmology and them being under the strong illusion that you can become gods in this life and then uh, propagate off world. So I think that opened a big door Um, Then there was also government sponsored mind control after that. what happened after that was a void space i would call it a void space like a vacuum type space that that we had encounters and um were exposed to satan's secret space program um i'll go into that but beforehand i just want to give tj a little credit your last person that you interviewed and um, she talked about feeding the kabbalah roots and her story uh really resonated with me because my grandfather did that same thing where he wasn't a publicly acknowledged Freemason, but he did uh, work in waste management. So he hid that part of himself and did feed that blood into the Kavala. So she she explained that very good. Um, And then also with Anthony, Tony Rodriguez, I'd like to give him credit too um, with what he said about consciousness because in St. Louis, uh, we also experienced our consciousness being put into monkeys and it was a very strange situation. By Truman appointed handlers and they had these monkeys on chains and they brought us publicly into movie theaters and stuff. And I have pictures of all this. So they did some very bizarre things like that. Um monkeys, alien body. It doesn't matter what body it was, they figured out they can do it is the thing. So then they could shuffle that through waveform frequencies into any body, basically.
0: So okay. So we're gonna park right here for a second because that's a can of worms. And you know, years ago I, I read a book uh and, and and it it was called Magus Therona. And it was a biographer who was in relationship with someone from South Africa who had achieved the ninth degree of Satanism in in, in South Africa. And mm-hmm. so so he, he got the guy's whole story and then and then wrote the book and I read it. And one of the things that they talked about in that book, they they called it transmigration. I I was told later that that's almost like an old school version. They have newer technologies around consciousness transfer, but what they would do is with the ritual, they would actually transfer uh, maybe say one of the cult victims consciousness into or whole soul into an animal like a goat. And then they torture the goat and slaughter the goat. They put the goat consciousness in the, in the woman. And then they just lock it up in an insane asylum for a few weeks before it died. Uh Comments.
1: Very mental depravity. Yes. And they will reap everything that they've done. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So these, these monkeys that they used in the projects that you were part of, were they like, cloned animals or would you say that these were actual monkeys and they had to push the monkey consciousness out of the way
1: that was how they did the science to understand that you can't overwrite consciousness and then they used super soldiers to kind of hijack bodies and rewrite their consciousness too they realized that um you know this can be done in uh higher dimensions but if you do it in the kingdom of darkness it's for evil purposes to take over a body kick that other soul and sentience and consciousness out
0: that's so amazing so so this is so interesting right because in the, like let's talk about the kingdom of god for a minute what
1: travelers was about that's
0: wow social. because this is what i'm thinking you know in, in 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 the body of christ we have holy spirit who can come upon us speak through us impart uh, all, all kinds of gifts can work out of us. And, you know, we would call it the anointing. It's like, okay, so we're, we're working with Holy Spirit. Um, and sometimes if Holy Spirit is speaking through us, we're saying things that are beyond our perception and it, it's an overriding, right? Uh, but if in, in a demonic kingdom of darkness type context, what you're suggesting is that a, a an evil quote unquote anointing could literally be a super soldier, coming into the body.
1: Yeah, that goes way beyond remote viewing. So um, that was their purpose. Whoa. Uh, in that aspect. But in the angelic, it's, it's nothing like that. Like I said, we had angelic walk-in experiences, but that was to basically save, rescue, redeem, and drive the consciousness and the light of God directly into the body for heavenly purposes and will. Um, so with the centurion, I'll just follow-up on that quick before we go into the space stuff Um, one thing I want to say about that is that once you travel so far like you travel a thousand years was the centurion span um, and that's not just oh I see a thousand years that's actually doing like 50 20 minutes and having that experience and actually surviving that and living through that when you get to that point um, you Are not liked by the enemy in a certain way where he started sending agents that were very ancient against us and what we saw one time was the mystery serpent Apophis come out of the sky and he ripped a hole in the sky next to some train tracks that were jump tracks and the matter of fabric and space itself had split these tracks in two and sometimes matter itself would have to be re-shifted back into its original matter in the original timeline. So we—that's very fringe—and we saw things like that happen when interdimensional weak nodal points would happen and tears. And we also witnessed this in the Isle of Skye, uh, which held the World Serpent, and that's—I uh, think that's in Scotland. So we even went back a thousand years to Christ time. We saw certain things there. We saw dinosaur times in a place called the Garden of the Gods out in the desert, and. What I would call murder birds, because yes, dinosaurs did exist, but they were very evil, they thought evil every second, so we just nicknamed them murder birds. Um, so they stalked us, we had to hide from them too, and um, we compressed fifty, twenty, 20 and backs as participants of that program and certain people became archives backup discs in their mind and consciousness um and had to have a thousand over a thousand confirmed kills. And that was not including creatures, lichens, hybrids, monsters, and anything in the Clavin Wars. And all of this happened at the tail end of Montauk, where they amalgamated all the time travel institute offshoot programs and brought the survivors on a literal time ship and that ran off of Earth's infinite energy potential. Um, that got hijacked. It was tapped into the Schumann resonance of the world. It had cloaking abilities. Um, and that's a whole other story. So I just will pause that there. <laughs> so bringing us up to current time, what I've experienced lately is a current, current briefing wave. There has been a collapse of a, of a quantum realm. A lot of people have contacted me about this. They felt it, the shift, as you called it. Um, all functions operating within that, satanic quantum have also collapsed so i've been getting a lot of backlash but god is with me we're victorious um all of its fencing tripwires and Satan's secret space program sector his vector that kingdom also has collapsed what us 80 kids were involved with and a portion of our q files our quantum files were hijacked by an ai overlord That's where the the term trust the plan came from. That was an AI overlord. Because what happened in this space kingdom that Satan had is that uh, people or even babies or other things would be taken off world. And that became an off world feeding zone. Um, You know, like they always talk about breakaway civilizations and they're gonna push that more. Let's go to the breakaway civilization. But that's dangerous because we've seen that that is a trap in space. And that's used for nefarious purposes. So, that AI overlord we had to combat, and a lot of people have been fragmented. Like a lot of their other Thai bodies or other selves, if they are aware of them, have also been very fragged. So, God's bringing a lot of wholeness and completeness with people who were part of this particular secret space program.
0: Wow. Okay. So, I want to come back to that because you said that there was. collapse of a quantum realm Mm -hmm. and when are you about what time are are we talking november december january Mm -hmm. what what
1: right after our last podcast started happening
0: um
1: it was this ai overlord was using spin-offs that were using false algorithms based in those off-world breakaway civilization feeding zones by a use of pings and signals and It's also affected the 177th Information Warfare Aggressor Squadron in Kansas and the 117th Intelligence Squadron. So we are basically in the Alpha timeline, those who experience the shifting from the Kingdom of Darkness to the light that we're in now. What they want is to keep us in like an Omega or Delta timeline, which is like a hellish timeline. And they try to install simulators to block out the binary universe. Um, They continue to propagate their illusions in the time continuum. But the um, there's recorded memories, I'm trying to figure out how I need to word this, there's recorded memories of the original matter. That's the original quantum matter data that's supernaturally coming down to the natural. And that's what the Mandela effect really is, we would see in shifting in the space program, that things would change slightly as things were altered like it would be the same um, time that we're entering back into or visiting but a statue would change per se or a name on a building would be different there was certain data um, that would just change and shift not everything would change but we would just notice in our observation because we had to we had to record our observation because Uh, quantum shifts through observation and perception alone, purely little things would start changing. So um, people call it the Mandela effect, but I don't know what better wording I have for it, but I have seen it. Um, It's not exactly as how people think the Mandela effect is, but we have seen things like that. Things change in morphogenetic phase, like fields of matter shifting and they shift according to the demands of the electromagnetic field responses when consciousness observes that perception field. So we also learned that there's perception gaps and we would look into corners and things and we could utilize that as say, the, somebody that's a dark agent couldn't see what we were seeing. We could almost block out a certain area if they were looking for like a certain road or something and they wouldn't be able to see it, but we would, vice versa, they would use technology Um, in a way that would uh, alter consciousness and perception. So that was a really weird thing that, that we went through and they researched on, but I don't have the word for this research. I just called it perception gaps. So anyways, that was a huge side note. Do you want to get into secret, Satan's secret space kingdom again? (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, Yes and no. (laughs) But okay. Let's come back around a secret space program. Why don't you talk to me about, uh, project Pegasus cryogenics and, uh, related matters.
1: Um, Pegasus was really kicking off in the seventies. That was, that was before my time, um, with the the ship and all that story. Um, but the eighties kids were post Pegasus. Um, I've met some of the programmers there, um, Duncan Cameron, and a couple of the other ones from Montauk at New York. Um, but I I don't really have much to say about them, and I don't really want to go into that. <laughs> but with the Secret Space Program, groups of super soldiers were, um, they were brought up into that program in hopes of becoming a dark legion of ascended machinery, per se. Have you ever heard of the term ascended machinery? Okay, so they were brought into this kingdom that was part of space in a vector, like a quadrant realm of its own. And what the enemy did with these kids is that he locked, sealed them into a cybernetic matrix, and these were coined sentinel seed pods. And around these pods, there was a greenish cloud brain interface system around it that connected all of us. And this acted like a womb. And this is also uh, what one of Your guests also described as the coffin-like boxes that were called the originals in space. So vital info, they did this membrane thing around us in the cloud brain because all vital information is always found in a membrane of anything. And it was a greenish energy. And you also find this greenish energy at Montauk. You find this greenish energy in pyramids and it's called the green line. So that extended not just from the earth pyramids, places but also up into space too so green line programming um was also a thing and we were sealed into these serpent sentinels. they were like sentient uh, pods and it was like a sentient lock that had a snake on the outside of it and each pod was called a sentinel seed pod and inside we were infected with black space goo and the bondage of the system that was set in space the power of it was our vows that we made to keep each other's secrets. And this is why it's also so hard to deprogram a super soldier because they vowed that, because of the the fear and the things that they saw up there. And it's like we have backup, muscle memory, robotic, robotic training that we had from the Sentinel, because it would be a voice that would say Sentinel says, and then our bodies would have to move robotically. Uh, At one point, we had to make sure that we were Roman numerals and have Roman numeral um, gestures in our muscles and only respond in a robotic way to the programmers. And then also our eye would be hijacked, too. Um, This all started at Montauk and went into space, this robotic sentinel programming. So the only way I can describe it is like it was a vacuum space And deep space frequencies can ping long distance ranges and be heard long range. Um, so it was very empty. It's very vacant space and the black goo. What it did to some of us was you would see an S that it would form and it would be inside of our eyes and it would mutate. So that's like branding you a, a Satan sentinel seed, a satanic SS super soldier and that's why I've said before you can't fake what they've put in you because they check in your eye um, so Lucifer of course was the principality over this domain this region and he was also nicknamed the Airman. and when he would come by we would hear the whooshing of wings in this place and then we would be opened in our sentinel seed pods and let out to meet him in this like free fall gravity type of vacuum space. And he would, you'd hear his wings, he'd come and visit you up in this region. So what he was doing, he was he was checking to see if his sentinel seeds were growing. And um, what he didn't realize is that some of these chosen ones were actually God's chosen ones though. Um, the other way I can describe what was in the sentinel pod was On our temples, we had a template that hooked us up, almost like with a needle, into the sentinel seed pod. And you would hear the serpent whisper lies to you from the time that you were born. And this is also why it's very hard to deprogram a super soldier, because some of them are taken as infants. And in the system, they were spoken lies to hate Yahweh. And all these other things that would just regurgitate in their minds if you couldn't disconnect from that. Um, so it was like a feeding port almost. So the serpent would tell you lies in this part of your temple. It was like a hook that was in your temple. And it felt like when this hooked into you and you heard those lies of the serpent repeating that you were in a dry desert. And these children are also called indigo blues or platinum digital children because of the cybernetics that they've been exposed to and um, amalgamated with. So we we would float in these areas when the seed pods were opened and it would propel you up and out. And the strangest thing about when this happened is that when we came up out of our pods and Lucifer was up in the air checking on us, we would look over at each other and everybody floating out of their pods in free fall space and we would be in our original forms that god created us in and what god intended for us to be in and that's one thing that the enemy could not take away so i always knew that that there was something more to that because we'll all appear to god in our original form that he intended when we go to the great white judgment seat we're going to be in that image that god created us to have our you can change your body, you can become a transvestite, but you can, you can fool man, but you can't fool God. You know what I mean? <laughs> our morphogenetics, transfiguration, our resurrection power is is in it. It's already working in it. If you're God's child, um, they, tr- they can't take that away in and out of God's design, they can't take that away. Um, so I saw what what that looks like and the difference right. between what they try to do and God's transfigurative power instead. So I look over and I actually saw a bolt come out, but he was like white hair. He had white hair and he was a, a light filled boy. And that was the image that God created him to be. Even though he was in the presence, directly in the presence of Lucifer, he was in the image that God created him to be as that little boy that still had purity, that still had innocence, even though he was in a realm of captivity, that was still there. So that was really beautiful to see. And the other strange thing about when our seed pods opened is that when we were inside of them, Dan, we would feel like we were crushed, like we were a little fetus, like we were a baby. And that was a trick of the kingdom of darkness to make us think that we were powerless, that we were small, and that we were going to stay in that infancy form um, like a little child forever. Like we felt like a toddler even. But when it opened, we'd come out, and sometimes we would be in a bigger body we would be, like, in a strong teenager body or um, other instances. So I realized just how physical and morphogenetically real this battle goes in the supernatural. Um, so that was just, uh, that was amazing to see. But God has a lot to say about this stuff and how they do take over bodies. Uh, but what, how they can't take away what God owns. Basically. Because you they can't take you from my hand.
0: You know, you, you touch on so many so many points. I've heard that thing about the eye so many times. They're looking through my eye, they're transferring data through their eyes. It's the eye thing. I mean that um or they have a chip in my eye, you know, I so many times that that has been a theme, as has black goo. And You know, we we realize that at least two ingredients seem to be death and artificial intelligence. We put a prayer together that seems to have helped a number of people. But, uh, yeah, I I, I think it's really interesting. And this is the thing I think it's very interesting. I I don't think the world realizes just how many people walking the face of the planet have been implicated in this satanic space program. Right. as 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 soul fragments or pieces of consciousness that are not in the body, but being used or being taken and put back on a regular basis. I I I I want to get your perspective on that. I mean, how how big do you think the the overarching program really is? I know you were a specialist in it, but
1: I think the percentage is a lot more than what people think. Cause like I said, I think that the world is already half hybridized and people are forms of synthetics and clones and drones. And if there's not a soul there, you got to have that discernment to know what am I talking about? But um, I think it's increased exponentially. The saints are protected. God will always protect people. Yes. Remnant, but the ones who, um, who would just go with something like this and that program, I think it has increased because There's a separation happening between the tares and the wheats, for one, and that dividing line. And time is being sped up for the elect's sake, so it is happening more exponentially. So that's why we have to rescue more fervently and do the will of God more fervently so that we can, you know, not miss the mark and fulfill our scrolls and our destinies.
0: All right, so I I want to talk to you about the Anunnaki and and this is a really big subject because so many people that get into the secret space program and super soldiers uh, conversations seem to be finding their way to a conclusion that the Anunnaki are more involved as creators of the human race, that, that, that Jesus in the Bible is expired, that, you know, the, um, this is really where the the true answers lie when we understand our purpose from this vantage point, which of course I think we both agree is a pile of baloney. But you know, the Anunnaki nonetheless are are a real group. Um, they have a real planet, they they have a lot of technology and they are definitely very involved. And and, and so I wanna just turn you loose on that subject. Tell us about it.
1: Um, sure. The Nabaru is what we called it. They already came and went in the 80s, and that's what V was about. They, the Nabaru, the thing that people think is Nabooru or whatever coming back, is just a piece of hardware that's orbiting in reverse from when they got kicked off. Because God intervened at Montauk, and divine intervention happened there. And it was like a galactic warfare where God himself had to step down and say, no, you're not going to use this time travel technology and do whatever you want with it. No, you're not going to just keep killing my children. No, you're not going to keep doing this at the North Pole. Like, everything that was connected, he just, he had to come in and intervene. And it's what I call the time Wars. So, uh, they were bound and kicked out at that time. And anybody who thinks that they're creators or whatnot, um, I would just encourage them to read what I experienced at Montauk, because all I saw was bloodthirsty demons is what I called them. And that's that's all that they were. That's all that they were there for and taking over people's bodies, infecting them. And it's pure malevolence. There's no benevolence in the Anunnaki race whatsoever. So they weren't in this secret space sector, this vector that we were in. Um, this was just uh, designated to Lucifer's special little area alone. But what happened at the end of this sentinel seed pod program that I was in was that angels came actually and rescued some of us. And then they allowed us to go back and rescue others. So it was a beautiful space rescue operation that God had designed and planned before our our pre-birth process. So what happened is that I I called upon the angels in the seed pod. My seed pod opened. One of the angels actually came in and put a white fire letter into the snake lock because it was also sentient and it needed to unlock it by divine force. That broke off. He put the white fire letter into my seed lock and literally set me free from it. I come out and then I propelled to the angels where they were standing not the subspace. Or they were in subspace. It was different types of matter. This is very hard to explain. There's different types of matter that go on in space. And there's antimatter universe and there's matter universe. So they taught me about that too. So when they rescued me, I went with them. And they blinked me out of their subspace. Because they told me that subspace that they operate in can travel faster um, than what's in Terra Earth or what was in that brain cloud network seed pod that was holding us in stasis due to the mass differential between the matter and antimatter universe and all of its varying substrates. So after I went to them, I just propelled gently to the angels. They landed me back in my driveway at home. And I look over and I see these satanic agents that just blinked and followed me because it can happen in the blink of an eye, the travel that happens interdimensionally. Um, this is the the interdimensional play that happens can happen faster than what people think that happens between flesh and spirit. I just want to drive that home. So I just looked at them and I knew that I was safe and I went back into my house. And uh, this is why a lot of the super movies also came out in the eighties because of Satan's uh, space program like that. And they tried to hack into your neural lace because they wanted to make, like you said, a copy of your brain. Into a computer and use that as a manifestation template since they can't create much. And what they were looking for with people like me and people who survive this type of stuff is the time vector codes that they knew were interfaced in basically our brain folds. Because once God seals and knocks something out, they try to get back in. Because, like the Garden of Eden, you know, you can't get back in there. But there's other areas where God just puts an X and says, no, you can't go back, you're off limits. So they hunted down children and NASA did too, that they thought had time vector codes and um, the NSA, I mean, but NASA uses the vector codes, but they're, they're baby vector codes compared to God's quantum physics vector codes. Um, so we compartmentalized a lot of the stuff from the quantum domain experience and interface, um, God canceled a lot of these programs out. The angels sealed off those areas. And what happens is that quantum waveform collapses and there's no entry back and it's done. It's part of the finished work. So what I went through is a testament of how the war in heaven is still ongoing, but came to earth and to declare the goodness of God and that he can rescue in space and that he does rescue in space. So um, one other thing I could throw in here about the morphogenetic and the body stuff Uh, when we were in the underground bases i was locked in a room once with a bunch of grays but they were actually kids they create bodies in there and then they put an evil entity in it and it's a very um evil thing that they do to people the military had a very hard time with this and this is where spiritual warfare comes in because if you don't have discernment if you don't have the holy spirit you would just come into an underground base and think that there's normal kids down there, per se. But they didn't see that that wasn't a God-created child and that some of these entities were evil. So what they would do with us is that they would lock us in room with grays that were in kids' bodies, um, and then they would try to put their hands on your head and try to break into your mind. So... Things that they did to us like this caused the nosebleeds and we'd get stronger each time. And then they would just amp it up and try something different. But God has a word for that. He says in Exodus 3, 8, I will make your face as hard as their faces because they would always come at you with a very hard and evil face. Like I'm going to break into your brain, you know, like the intimidation. Um, But he says, I'll make your forehead like the hardest stone because the enemy always attacks your mind first. So that really gave me comfort when he spoke that into me. And I wrote that into my heart. This he says, I'll make my forehead harder than flint. So don't be afraid of them or terrified by them. So you drive that terror out and you have that seal of the house of Jehovah on your forehead and you can literally move mountains with him.
0: Okay. So what you said is huge because I mean, I know that during the, Trump era, 2016 to 2020, um, there was a lot of talk on certain levels about the kids underground. It's about the children. We have to uh-huh. rescue these children that are part of these projects. And I know there are children that are part of projects, and they are in cages, and they do keep them underground sometimes and many other places as well, under the sea, off earth, off planet. Right. But at least the ones underground, you can kind of get to. And there was even rumors of military operations going on underground. And the thing that you said, though, is so, so key because I I don't think anyone has a full grasp of the size of the problem because, you know, people started talking, well, we need orphanages. We need people to rise up if we're going to be rescuing these children from these projects. And, you know, parenting them and taking care of them well some of these bodies that are childlike are not children like you said how does the average social worker sort through that if it ever got to that point which i think at some point it will i think you know there's a very real possibility that sweeping justice and judgment will smash a lot of things to pieces but then there's a second wave of mess what have they done?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: and can you imagine adopting a child that is a gray in a clone body that then mm-hmm. you know goes to? <laughs> I mean, that's a horror movie. It, it anyway.
1: Uh, I think that they they may let some go out in the surface life, like we were allowed to get on surface life. So we're now we're all trying to figure out what's our surface life for the past five years. But some of these other ones that may be hybrids or whatnot, I think they do come uh, put into containment units and have other like black sites for them and stuff. But I am sure that they let a percentage, maybe even for research purposes, get out. Who knows, like people are capable of anything. I've seen it all. Um, what else was I gonna say? Oh, the drops. I'd like to tell people that um, to have hope that if they're carrying like a lot of heaviness, from space programs or whatever programs that they may be carrying that, um, I just want to reassure them that their dross can be burst off. Um, even if you've been cybernetically grafted to things like sentinel, which was a perversion of God's holy sentinels, because what they did up there is when the body burning happened and whatnot, the evil sentinels would come and count down and um, they hacked into the word and perverted it. and. The devil always tries to counterfeit. So he was trying to make his own evil sentinels because he knows that God's angels are the holy sentinels, the watchmen. He tried to make us watchmen through the looking glass eye courts. But um, there's a lot of scriptures you can apply to these situations. Um, one of the scriptures I found that I found relates to this or I think it does is where it says chop down. You can chop down the tree, which I perceived as the network destroy it but leave its taproot because that's human connections and their humanity that's connected so that's why I'm like God why did you say like don't burn this whole tree with a band of iron and bronze surrounded by grass of the field let it become damp with the dew of the sky so that's like God uh, disrupting its frequencies the uh, the frequencies of the beast kingdom and let it live with the wild animals until seven periods of time the rain of heaven can rain and Dominion can come over these beast systems, is what I got from the scripture. Those who come out of these things, out of these deep things that were grafted into this, God can use and graft into the tree of life instead. Because there's a lot of people that are still stuck in those cliffhorns. And the church needs to know how to gently and with tender mercies unengraft them and graft them into the tree of life instead. Which brings me to my next subject, which is time crystals.
0: Yes. Time crystals, let's talk about it.
1: Okay, I'm, I took some notes on this. I'm just gonna try to um, present this in a way that's understandable. So time crystals are a robust form of matter. They're used in quantum computing, memory for quantum computers. And I think more light will come on this in the future. And this also has to do with what's been engrafted into some of the secret space program people and how they were used as a type of time crystal In the time program primarily and how this also ties in with the essence of living stones and your prayers and how it can be used eventually because CERN can use people to power up with and their energy Science Daily just put out a magazine article that said we're going to use human consciousness to power up 6g Um, the these time crystals every 17 seconds in lenticular viewing laced objects. Lenticular viewing is like holographic overlays that are constantly moving and and shifting. So I believe that um, God's gonna, you know, refine us in a way that our eyes are going to see in a way that we haven't seen before. The scales can come off, but I think he's gonna bring us to a level of seeing with the mind of Christ and the vision of Christ, especially for those who were in looking glass and whatnot, to just, to have an anointing with his vision. Mm. That's beautiful. So these time crystals are in a constant ground state. They remain there. And they're used for tachyon syncopation telemetry. And the time translation symmetry is broken and it's replaced by discrete symmetrical spaces. They don't feed or drain energy they go wherever they can like a perpetual motion machine escaping entropy with 20 spins of cubits and these time crystals can be placed in diamonds and observed every 100 cycles forward and backward so they're moving back and forth in time and they're like a highly complex quantum state of their own and this reminds me of much how like god hides himself every second from, like a dimensional standpoint like i can't say like i have the time vector to know where god's throne is to dethrone him you know that's what they in their strong delusion probably want to do he can always hide himself and cloak himself in his clouds of darkness um so these time crystals can assist atomic clocks they're an emergent quantum technology assistant there's no burning of energy so they're called systems since they're not totally viewable and their atoms repeat in time rather than from space. So they come out of the spirit of time itself. They're uh, like a form of time window They op- that opens and closes. And science is really trying to harness them for some reason. And this matter reminds me of how the windows of heaven maybe open up. And also relate to the eyes of the windows of the soul and how that operates in its framework. So the breaking of that time symmetry occurs in non-equilibrium states and quantum camera can be shown it, it could shine through with laser light through a maze of time crystals and that lets images of unseen objects be taken so when people that may come to you and say like there's a camera in my eye and stuff they may already be trying to use this technology to as like a quantum camera to do that it's it's like they they take images of unseen objects that haven't been hit by light <clears throat> so i think god's version of this is ezekiel one twenty-two, since he's above any technology that they try to harness he says over the heads of the living creatures and this reminds me of a bow says we can bow the heavens was the likeness of an expanse shining like awe-inspiring crystals spread out above their heads and it filled the expanse with his vision i think in heaven and Working with the Most High helps us to bow the heavens. New Jerusalem will also be part crystals. Jeremiah seventeen one, Revelations twenty one eleven, Revelations twenty two, Revelations four six, Isaiah fifty eight eight. Um, God can come in and quantumly heal anything, is where all those scriptures are alluding to, and He can light up our darkness.
0: <laughs> okay, that's. Um... That's a mouthful, and and uh, you know, as as usual, when we're having these conversations, I'm I'm pinging all over the place because half the stuff that you say, I've well ran into that, dealt with that. In fact, I have a whole story about that. But you're the one being interviewed, so uh, I will say this. Interestingly enough, time. First of all, friends that are listening to this podcast. One of the keys that I've understood, uh, God has given me to understand the spirit realm, His creation, and how to interact with it as a son of God is to understand that everything is a realm, and all realms have sentience. And and because all realms have sentience, many w- of what we think are just concepts or things are actually are actually persons from God's perspective, and 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 that would include concepts infinity, eternity, and time being three of the mega big concepts to our understanding in the English language are actually persons. They are real beings. I've worked with all three. And and time has been really getting uh, involved a lot more lately because he's sick like and tired of the nonsense. And it's just so interesting. So, we're talking about time crystals today. Uh, we were actually doing some major work. Time shows up in sessions at times, just like because he's got a lot of justice cases against the kingdom of darkness that are needing to be processed through in in, in the courts of heaven and on behalf of uh, you know the creation itself, it's it, it's a lot of a lot of uh, a, a lot of hurt is coming to the kingdom of darkness over this stuff that you're describing because of what they've done and how far they've gone. It, you know, like like the devil is notorious for overplaying his hand, and it's so interesting when. You know, Heavens, Earth, right? Also Persons, Shemmai, and Arez, Infinity, Eternity, Time. They, they can't stand these guys. And now they're all ganging up. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something, Jerusha. It's an interesting time to be on the winning side.
1: What did you think of that article I sent you about uh, time crystals were found in a child's stuffed animal? What was the angle of that, do you think? Maybe Disclosure?
0: I think so. I think a lot of it is disclosure. I think, I think that they can't keep a lid on this stuff anymore. There's a lot more imploding. And, and and like you said earlier in this podcast, and this is kind of where I was, I've been at on this for a few years now. They've tried to play like every card they have. They've done a lot of manipulation of perspective. When you were describing perception manipulation, I was like, Yeah. I I, I mean, the mass psychosis of, you know, um, our our recent.
1: Something muted you. I had to unmute you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The mass psychosis around our recent pandemic. I mean, the the uh, I'm just going to say it like this. There's been a lot of manipulation of perception. And it is falling apart. And as it falls apart, I think there's a lot of displacement of powers in the heavens. I think a lot of stuff's getting depowered. That power is what we see and perceive in the earth in real time. I mean, it's just dominoes, dominoes, dominoes. And you have to be patient. But there are mega big forces at work that go way over the heads of whatever these, they think they have all this science. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you're doing science on the creation, but the beings of the creation itself are not with you. And so I, uh, I'll just leave it there. Well, they're there. stuck
1: in the terrestrial, the celestial. They're not, they don't have access to the celestial. So they're mm. limited by that in itself. And they can only see so far because it, darkness can't comprehend the light. So that's another advantage God uses. Like we can see the strategy ahead of them because they can only see to a certain point and that's reassuring.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. So focusing back back on this. Um, talk to me about the Vatican.
1: Hmm. Um, they've been sending a lot of, they're also running in fear, so they've been also been sending a lot of <clears throat> agents to people and a lot of cheap shots too. Uh, what they tried to do recently was um, open the key to the bottomless pit. They were doing secret rituals underneath the Vatican with a key holder that was doing secret tours with um, chains full of keys that would open all these doors down there and show certain people for a certain amount of money, certain things, but also behind that, um, they were doing rituals. So I believe that God stopped that because they always want to go before their time. Like I said, it's, it's not time to open the bottomless pit yet. And it's not in their hands to do they have what they hold and their secrets, uh, and their archives, but that's all going to be exposed and, and come into the public light.
0: So does the Vatican, um, have a role in the space program beyond Uh, the Lucifer telescope?
1: They do, um, people have tried to disclose that and that they're the gatekeepers basically of the reprobate choice that Freemasons have to become a werewolf or a vampire. So they've kept that under lockdown for quite a while. And they keep uh, archives on ships that have manufactured beings of who the reprobates are. And, you know, they can just drop off bodies from a ship like a conveyor belt. Um, but they ultimately hold those archives of who the the shapeshifters are and those people. They all go to the Vatican because that's the World Bank. They think that they own all the souls, and it, it just ultimately keeps going back there. All this clandestine stuff.
0: Interesting. Not surprised. Hmm.
1: So one more scripture for you. How much time do we got? of plenty. Okay.
0: As much as we want. So, um so so, so okay, so back to the secret space program. Why don't you um tell us a little bit more about some of the besides the serpent pods, where were some of the other places you found yourself missions or projects that you have recovered?
1: A lot of that still. Uh, I just have clips. What happens is that you sometimes get just like a little memory fold, and then you don't have the whole bleed through. So it it kind of looks like a water painting in your mind. You may have like the fringe or the outer edges of it, but once, unless that whole bleed through comes in, you don't have the full picture and then understand why. Um, yes, we did go on and off world quite a bit. We've been to a lot of areas stars are intelligences we know that we were used um, for our dna template to enter areas that they couldn't go into for recon and whatnot um, we saw a lot of bases on the moon and, and mars those are the two big ones uh, the azurite cult was based partly on the moon that was a port to it because i used to draw a picture of the azurite goddess and she had black hair and she was always pregnant and she was like a queen. Uh, I think if we interface with her primarily on the moon, probably the around the Clavius bases. There's still Fourth Reich bases in those places, um, Nazi bases. The one in the north pole is called the place called the Avaba Gota. A H B O G A V A T A, where the black pyramid is. Um, so a lot of the black pyramids are still connecting to. Uh, different areas there's differences between like a gold pyramid or a white pyramid or a black pyramid the black pyramids were the draconian ones for sure I don't don't have a whole book I would say about other space programs because I'm still blocked in a lot of areas and some things I I still can't talk about about that but um, driving a spear into the enemy's camp is what this podcast was for, with Satan's specific secret space program, and to unlock all those super soldiers that are still in bondage.
0: Yeah, I got it. I, I, You've mentioned Azerite a few times in this podcast. Now, this is one of the interesting things that I seem to have stumbled across regarding the Azerites. As I was assembling a list uh, because in my work, I was really st- kind of struggling with the question, like, okay, well, wh- where does the Illuminati come from? And it's like, well, they're the bloodlines. It's like, okay, but where do the bloodlines come from? Why? And why is the pre-Adamic conversation on the table all the time with all survivors that I work with, um, defectors, high-level cults, and it's always this pre-Adamic mystery black box. And Eventually, we landed on the concept that there were these races, pre-Adamic races, that infused their iniquity into the human bloodlines that they're still capitalizing on and trading on for the New World Order globalist plans to be executed. And I said, okay, so we started mapping those pre-Adamic races. One of them happened to be the Azerites. And there have been a number of folks that you know, I've gotten to that, and they've triggered heavily on it. It's, it's massive. And then we do deliverance, and it's massive. And I don't know a ton about the Azurites, and I assume you know a lot more than I do. So uh, what do you know about what you call the Azerites?
1: Um, I think this goes back to, uh, well, for one, the Mormons have a matriarch in their temple. And you think it's all patriarchal and that they don't let women do anything. But when you get deep into it, that's not actually true. The matriarch is the one that you have to go through that gives you permission um, inside of the temple room entrance to go through the temple. So you meet with the matriarch and then what they do is they pour oil on your head from a horn. And this is an Egyptian rite. Um, I don't even know if it was olive oil because um, it could have. The, been alligator oil because they're, they're in such bondage and strong delusion with all their crazy rituals. Um, that's part of it. They put oil on your head. And the matriarch, I think, is imbued with the knowledge of the Azerites at some point. If you get very high up into it as a woman or, like, say you're a prophet's wife, um, I think that they have secrets of the Ezraites that you get that they get imbued with because um, they're very mind controlled. And the women I noticed at the very top were very, very strange acting. Um, they probably themselves have gone off world and interfaced with the Azurite. It's an off breeding program. I know it's a hybridization program. <clears throat> Once you get talking to the matriarchs in the church, I think that you get like, offset into a hybrid program because I still don't remember anything from age 13 to uh, 17. And those were hybridization program years, I think, for me. Um, I wish that I do more <laughs> about the Azurites, but I, when I was little, I would, I would do drawings about her. I would do drawings about the moon and cords and lines connecting the moon to other pyramids and places off planet and whatnot. Um, but it's still very active, and that's the transhumanism wing of Mormonism, too. And um, there's elect is the saddest thing that is still in that church. And I know that some of them are going to be set free, um, but I think a lot of the elect are still deceived into that.
0: And since, um, since we're on the subject of Satan's secret space program, I do want to bring up another term that I, I just want to get your thoughts on because I've been asked about this. Uh, Daniel, what are starseed? When people say, I believe that I am starseed. And I, I, I don't know if you have an answer you're comfortable with as far as like defining what that means to the kingdom of darkness or what that really is and not the deception of it. But uh, if you do, I'd like, I'd like to hear it.
1: Yeah. I think there's good and bad with it because we do prayers in this ministry for our stars and we can scientifically prove that we do have stardust. So I think it's an, a type of essence that God has given us at the beginning, almost like a sealing agent. Like, you know, this is their signature, your essence. Uh, He's the bright morning star. It's how we connect and reflect with his light and whatnot. And it's just internally in us as children of God. And that's the good good star essence that we have. And all the morning stars thing for joy, all that. All that's true and correct and good. Um, I think they've co-opted it, the Kingdom of Darkness, in that they, they know that, and that it's part of our signature, maybe frequency. Um, like one of your guests said, too, they, they check the celestial meridians to see when you're born, even. But the King of Darkness, I think, has um, taken DNA, and then they've grafted other DNAs from off-world missions and whatnot, and everything that's been collected or given to them, even by satanic agents or fallen angels themselves into laboratories and infused it into babies and whatnot because I've seen that, that the fallen angels were injecting fallen angel DNA into the babies. And I think it disrupts the DNA pattern. And people can live thinking that they only came from this planet, and that's their only mission on Earth. And they're above humans now. They, um, they're too spiritual for anybody. And, you know, all the things that come with that as, a star seed that um that's not in god's design for you to interface with your star so much but and i was in a stronger delusion too for a while so i can say that it's it's not of god when you go into those realms yes we can have other dna of course but it doesn't make us primarily from oh i came from procyon a so i'm here to cleanse the world of all dracos and you know the the big head that people can get from stuff like that—it's like, okay, did God say that to you? Is that God's will for you to do? And why isn't Christ in that equation for one? And they, they spin off into these things to where they just erase God out of the entire equation, and it, and it exalts self. And that's mainly all I've seen in those star seed groups. And you know, people go to the conferences, and I think it just it it magnifies their ego and and hurts them more than actually just being humble and praying, which takes five minutes and just asking God, what am I? And just being still and receiving and listening and seeing if you can connect with the spirit to, who will show you the truth in all things.
0: Well, and, and it's, you know, it's just so interesting, like some of the major deceptions that come out in the context of the conversation we're having, which I want to just take a point as host and just point out to the listeners, a uh, 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 fallacy. Number one, being beyond human is is a, a promotion um the the, the the fact of the matter is all of creation was jealous when God made Adam in his image because that was a unique uh position relative to the whole creation that Adam received absolutely unique and and high and lofty in fact so grandiose and extraordinary the serpent, Couldn't beat Adam in a fight. He had no choice but to deceive Adam and Eve. That was, that was how glorious the image bearers of Yehovah God, mankind were. And, and we still have that image. And so to say, I want to not be human because that would be better is absolutely like, it's it's like I'd rather have a McDonald's hamburger because, you know, real Angus 100% grass-fed beef is you know old-fashioned
1: yeah well adam was the original super soldier he i mean adam and eve were like nine feet tall probably they were they lost their bodies they had to get a new body they fell i mean they were the original super soldiers and there are super soldiers in the bible and that's just purely by the holy spirit coming upon you as a lion and wiping out an army and that's just organic genetics from God's original template blueprint and design so why wouldn't we want to come back into that instead of continuing to fragment our DNA and try to put all this other stuff in it that ultimately drives us insane instead of just getting back to originality and the origins because that's one thing they also try to do you know they called us in these cybernetic pods origin seed pods okay that's trying to throw you off. Primarily from your origin and who you are and your identity in Christ itself and then telling us to hate Yahweh. So they know what they're doing on that platform alone. Like if we get them off of their origin, their original um, seed that's coded within them and try to get them to think that they're growing as a seed that's entirely, you know, because. That's what this fruit did in the garden, didn't he? He took the seed and raised Cain, raising Cain, and tried to take him away from that tree of life. And he's still doing the same things, and they're still doing the same things, just in a different way.
0: Well, and then here's a second fallacy that comes out with all of this um, conversation. Earth is a dying vessel, and mankind needs to find an alternative. So let's figure out how to get off planet and cooperate with the... um, You know, technology, the transhumanism, whatever we need in order to execute that necessary objective, because God has bound up the destiny of the heavens with the earth. It says the new heavens and the new earth, not the new Mars or not the new Pluto or not the new Saturn. It's the new heavens and the new earth. It's the, uh, it's the objective of God to partner man's redemption with earth's redemption in 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 fulfilling the plans of heaven. So, to get people to start hating this planet or to dissociate themselves and their call and their purpose from this planet is actually, uh, I, I think, a spoil on identity itself. It's like, no, God is doing something amazing. We were created from the dust of the earth for a cosmic purpose that's found in Christ that engages This planet, it's very important to God. And so the devil has every way of trying to convince people he owns the planet. That's the deception. It's like, no, no, the heaven and the earth are the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? And those who dwell therein. And God has given this planet to the sons of men. Like, this is our jurisdiction, our stewardship. This is our platform of redemptive manifestation to the creation. And so if you, if you really track some of these shows, some of the media, some of the, where is things? it's things, it's all about, let's look at solutions off-planet because <laughs> global warming nonsense or, you know, the planet is dying nonsense or just all that. And it's like, I see it. I see it. I see it.
1: Well, it's to get us out of hope, too. If we're not hope-filled people, then how can we exercise faith and then Change and shift our environments without that faith. So it's like hope is is a root of faith that that helps it stay watered and growing and and let that light in. We're supposed to trade our garments of heaviness for praise, and when we do that, a transaction happens in heaven. So we can shift so much if we all would just shake off that despair, that despondency that hopelessness, and that heaviness altogether, and everything that's attached with it and as an ecclesia move as a people and and shift rounds and you know change cities and starting in our home doing that first and then activating each other so they're trying to take ultimately that hope away from people by all the bad news all the false news and you just have to put a shield around it so that it doesn't affect you and then that seed of thought can't start growing in you hopelessness.
0: Wow. Jerusha, you're amazing. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to say on this subject?
1: Uh, Yeah. One scripture that was on my heart to share with people. um, I didn't write down the, I think this is Psalms. It says, the Lord supported me and led me to a place of safety and rescued me because he delights in me. So when we delight in God, he delights in us. And, you know, the joy of the Lord, of course, is our strength. But how we get happiness is, he says, just delight in me. And he, he delights in us. So some people don't think that God delights in them. And God really had to teach me this, that, hey, shake that off. Like, I truly delight in you. And he wants other people to know that he really does delight in them as a child. Um, He rewarded me with doing right and restored me because of my innocence. I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not turned from my God to follow evil. I followed his regulations and never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before Yah and kept myself from sin. To the faithful, he shows himself faithful. To those with integrity, he shows integrity. And to the pure, he shows himself pure. But to the crooked, he's shrewd. He rescues the humble and humiliates the proud. He's a lamp for me and lights up my darkness. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He reached down from the heavens and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. And this deep waters also can be deep space. And for me, he rescued me literally in deep water once um, when my father was on adrenochrome and tried to drown me in uh, a spring. And Jesus himself had to rescue me and pull me up out of that water. And I didn't know he did this until I got my memories back. And I thought he was, uh, I thought I called him like an angelfish because I didn't know what hand grabbed my head when I got pulled out of this drowning water, but it was him. And we had a big deliverance session about it. Also, my grandfather tried to kill me with a knife when I was little and stabbed me in the kitchen. So God has rescued me from, from deep waters and also deep space. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me and attacked me in distress. They So he is the God that redeems and rescues and restores. But he also wants people to know that his resurrection power is already at work within them. And whatever they think is dead inside of them isn't. And he can make alive what maybe feels dead, give them new hearts even, and transform the mind from any type of of numbness and deadness and he really wants people's spirits to be alive in him right now spirit spirit, you know our souls sometimes are sleeping it's not that they're dead it's just we're, we're asleep so he really wants people to their souls to wake up their spirits to wake up and for everything to just wake up and become more alive and for all this deadness and death to go for people who have been under that spirit of death for so long when i got rid of my spirit of death it was like in the deliverance session it was like hundreds of skulls were just purging out of me and the weight that lifted off that was i can't even describe it it was it was amazing
0: wow <laughs> so good that is the final word friends We've been talking with Jerusha. Again, she does have a collection of her journal writings, and they're available on Amazon. And uh, you can look her up and uh, download the PDFs. I'm sure at some point in the future, she will create a full book or series out of them. But uh, we'll wait and see. Um, really appreciate you, Jerusha. Great work today. And until next time, friends, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Deval. Visit me at dandeval.com where you'll discover merch, books, and the opportunity to engage in our private social network. Join the tribe by subscribing to our email list and supporting this podcast.